Hey guys, coming to you live from New York City. It is February 7th, approximately 11.30 at night. This is the first ever podcast of Drunk Gossip. And dude, we have some great stuff for you tonight. There will be a lot of drinking. I'm sitting here with some sake, trying to get over this cold. And just reading all of this gossip that has come out today. Let's talk about Charlie Sheen's former best friend, Lenny Dijkstra, who has just now accused the former Two and a Half Men star of killing his former assistant. We will get to that, I promise you. Um, but the reason why Dijkstra gave this interview is because Charlie Sheen allegedly beat his former porn star goddess, Brett Rossi. And according to Dijkstra, he says, I am no, I am not a saint, but I will not tolerate a man beating a woman. He also says that he walked in on Charlie Sheen smoking crack in a den full of just this really great merchandise, including all sorts of exotic paintings and said, well, this is the best place to smoke crack. I don't know who the hell says that, but you know, whatever. Uh, Dijkstra also says that Charlie Sheen told him that he was HIV positive long before he disclosed it publicly, and that he actually had set up a press conference beforehand to have Charlie announce it before the National Enquirer got their hands on it. Why Charlie backed out, no one knows. It was during his tiger blood phase. That's all we know for sure right now. Uh, Apparently, Charlie Sheen was very suicidal after being let go from Two and a Half Men. And there are a bunch of messages from Charlie to Lenny saying that he was going to kill himself, that it was over, he couldn't go on. And Lenny kept saying, don't be a pussy, don't don't kill yourself, this isn't worth it. <coughs> Sorry about that, I am battling a cold like I told you. Um, so, but let's get to the real dirt here. The death of Rick Calamaro in 2012. Before all this, Calamaro had been Charlie Sheen's assistant. And Dijkstra didn't like that at all. He thought that he should be the only person in Charlie's life. Sounds more like a love triangle to me, but I think everyone's gay. Uh, So, (coughs) Dijkstra said to Charlie, you know, this guy is writing a book. It's going to be a tell-all. You need to fire him. Get rid of him. And Charlie didn't listen. Dijkstra went to jail for a whole plethora of reasons. Um, I'm not even going to get into all of them because this dude is just crazy. It was amazing what I read. And when he got out of jail, he went to go see Charlie Sheen. And (coughs) he asked Charlie... What the fuck happened to Calamaro? 
And she responded, you mean Dedrick? What fucking happened is motherfucker tried to blackmail me just like you said. One in five million dollars. I had him fucking iced. He said he he had a hot dose put in Calamaro's drugs, which is, for those like me who don't dabble in drugs, a hot dose is an intravenous injection prepared for an unsuspecting victim. It's very lethal. It will kill you. He, uh, Dijkstra did not offer any proof that this was said. Rossi has sort of backed him up and said, given my experience with him, Charlie has talked about killing people before. It would not surprise me in the least. So there is that. And they are telling me that this segment is about to end. I will be right back with some more gossip for you. And welcome back. So now let's talk about Brian Fuller. He is the creative genius behind such shows as <coughs> American Gods, uh, Hannibal, uh, Pushing Daisies. If you can remember that show, it wasn't it wasn't very highly rated, but there seemed to be a lot of people who loved it. Um, and he was also hired to do Star Trek Discovery and. Most recently, he was hired by Apple to executive produce and help build a reboot of Amazing Stories. Now, this guy is literally the epitome of creative genius. All the studios want to work with him, all the networks want his shows, and yet... Uh, with Star Trek Discovery, American Gods, and now Amazing Stories, he's left citing creative differences. I don't know what that's about. As someone who is creative, I can only speculate that he wasn't moving in a timely fashion and they were trying to rush him. Sometimes you have to let a genius just be a genius and and work but on the other hand Brian you need to abide by the deadlines that's the number one rule that we're taught and whenever someone says that they want to be a writer the first thing that is slammed back at us is can you make deadlines now I'll admit I cannot make a deadline to save my life but that's why I work independently Are you a fan of Brian Fuller? Let me know in the comments. And let me get some more sake. And I will be right back with tonight's big story, Quincy Jones. And I'm back once again. I have more sake. Hopefully, I gave my voice a little bit of a rest and I don't keep coughing on you. And I apologize. I am battling one of these colds that's going around. But this was too good for me to pass up. So I wanted to get out there and start this Drunk Gossip podcast as soon as I could. So, Quincy Jones, what are we going to do about this man? 
he did say a lot of political stuff about uh, Donald Trump and Oprah. I might cover that in a different podcast. I haven't decided yet. This one, though, I'm going to strictly avoid politics because, frankly, I don't feel like dealing with it at this point. Um, So, we are going to talk about one of the Trumps, though. Quincy Jones says he dated Ivanka Trump, even though he's nearly five decades older than she is. I'm just picturing this romance and I am astounded. I don't know when this happened. I read the Vulture interview with him and I did not see where he he said this. Um, so I've I seen the quote, but I did not see him say when the date actually happened. Um, so, (coughs) excuse me, uh, he said about Ivanka, she had the most beautiful legs ever, I ever saw in my life. Wrong father, though. Dude, you knew who her father was when he went out with her. Um. I don't know if having her father is what interested him in her or what it was. But I'm kind of digging the Jones Trump romance now. Odd, but maybe kind of cute. What do you guys think? Uh, let's move on to what he says about Michael Jackson. Now, I don't know why he is trashing the poor King of Pop after his death. (coughs) It sounds like he has some sort of axe to grind against Jackson. Um, But he says, I hate to get into this publicly, but Michael stole a lot of stuff. He stole a lot of songs. Now, my mind went to, what did Michael steal that has Quincy so up in arms about this? I mean... My word. Like, you don't want to talk about it publicly, but you're in public with it. You might as well tell us all. Because, trust me, there are some enterprising gossip bloggers and journalists out there. And they're going to find what Michael allegedly stole. Um, and now we come to the Bill Cosby allegations, which kind of... Um, makes me wonder what is going on with with Quincy because he says here we can't talk about this in public so you don't want to publicly talk about Michael Jackson stealing and he's dead (coughs) but you have no problem talking about or you you won't talk about the Bill Cosby allegation like a hundred women, and I don't think that's an exaggeration, have come forward accusing Bill Cosby of sexually assaulting them, and you don't want to talk about that. But you'll accuse a dead man of stealing songs. I don't know how that makes any sense. If someone could explain that to me, that would be wonderful, because I am thoroughly confused. Um, I... 
I really don't know about that. It's 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 one thing for me. It's like those couples who announce that they have a split up, but then ask for their privacy. You don't want privacy if you're announcing. Um, maybe people think I'm wrong, and that's okay. And we're gonna end in four seconds, so I will be right back. And here I am. Um, yeah, I don't understand people who say they don't want to publicly talk about one thing, but will talk about something completely different that's just as bad. Um, and Quincy Jones then basically outs a bunch of men, including Oscar winner Marlon Brando, who he said Marlon could dance his ass off. He was the most charming motherfucker you ever met. He'd fuck anything, anything. He'd fuck a mailbox. James Baldwin, Richard Pryor, Marvin Gaye. He did not give a fuck. Okay, so, <clears throat> once again, going back, you won't talk about the Bill Cosby allegations. But you'll allege that Michael Jackson stole songs. And you will basically out these men who are also I believe all deceased dude there is something wrong here Marvin Gaye I mean really uh, Richard Pryor James Baldwin can they they can't defend themselves are you just trying to sell more copies of your your memoir and that's why you have to say such outrageous things maybe (coughs) Um, there are better ways to go about selling the book but maybe creating a little bit of controversy that will span the next few weeks will help his book sales I hope it's worth it because I cannot imagine people wanting to work with him again not that he would really care. Um, and again, this this is a wide-ranging video. Um, but the other part that I found really, really interesting was he regrets the last record he did. It was the 2010 Q Soul Basa Nostra. And apparently a bunch of rappers came to him and said, we want to do a tribute to you. And he said, well, you have to make better music than what we did (coughs) originally. (coughs) Excuse me. And his exact quote was, look, you got to make the music better than we did on the originals. And it didn't happen. And he literally just throws T-Pain right under the bus. And I'm pretty sure he's driving it. He said, man, T-Pain didn't pay attention to the details. Now, I get being upset about someone not living up to your expectations. But there was nothing saying you had to put this record out. If you didn't want it, you have a big enough name. You have enough power in this industry. You could have said, no, I'm not going to do this. I, 
I, I don't think this is worthy of carrying my name. You put it out because it seems like a cash grab. So now you have to deal with that lasting legacy. And, of course, you could have always brought that right back around to... Man, we can't talk about that publicly like you did the Bill Cosby allegations. You might ask yourselves, why do I keep harping on this? With the Me Too movement, I think it's very important that we listen to victims. I think it's very important that we hear their stories. The fact that he doesn't want to publicly comment makes me a little uneasy about what he's feeling about these victims, about why he doesn't want to talk about it. Maybe he legally can't. With as honest as he was throughout the entire interview, I would have assumed he would have said, I can't talk about it. Um, You know, I, I have a gag order, or I was told by a judge I can't speak on it. I don't know why he didn't. Um, All I can do is speculate. And at this point, speculation doesn't